Listener Production. Climate change has finally come for your favourite sport. I'm Dr Sophie Calabretto and this is The Science Briefing. So cricket is basically Australia's favourite sport. Over 1.5 million Aussies are registered to play and millions more watch as fans. I know this sounds a bit weird, but a fundamental part of the game, the cricket bat, has become an unlikely victim of climate change. But how? Today, I talked to Cosmos Magazine journalist Matthew Aegis about saving the cricket bat and how more of your favourite sports are feeling the heat than you might think. Cricket bats, not something I would typically think of when you hear about the front lines of climate change. Definitely, climate change is changing what the future could look like for the cricket bat. Mm. It's not just about the bat itself, it's about the sport as a whole and what's involved to actually get bats manufactured and out on the pitch. Sure. And a huge part of it involves relying on the natural resources that are used to actually make cricket bats in the first place. Cricket bats are made of wood. The interesting point about this is that wood has to come from very specific trees for a cricket bat. And like many other plant and animal species around the globe, this species of tree is potentially going to be challenged by climate change, by changes to the environment. Matt, from my understanding, cricket bats are made of a certain type of wood, which I think is willow. Is that right? Correct. It is made from a very specific type of willow. So Salix is the genus and Salix alba is the full name for the species that cricket bats are made from. A very particular type of Salix alba, which in terms of its common name is called white willow. And this type of willow is grown in England and in the Kashmir region of India. They are often described as being English willow or Kashmir willow. The thing is, is that they're the same tree. The UK variant, it's generally considered better overall. But that being said, Sachin Tendulkar, who's arguably the best batsman of the modern game, used cashmere willow bats. So there's probably a school of thought that uh, it's more about the tradesmen rather than their tools. And so why do they use wood from these willow trees specifically to make the bats? The wood is fairly fast to grow and it has a very unique grain pattern. So something that bat makers will describe as being a hard grain in a soft wood or a soft timber. And when that timber is further compressed, it becomes very, very, very resilient to the strike of a ball. So the best willow, the highest grade of willow, will provide elite cricket players with a bat that is very light, so easy to swing, and very impact resistant. So depending on who's bowling at you, you're smacking that ball at a speed of probably 100 to 120 k's an hour. That's a lot of force. Mm. So between, say, 8,000 to 9,000 newtons potentially of force hitting that bat, potentially akin to the bite force of an American alligator, which at least to me explains in those relative terms why getting hit by a cricket ball hurts so much. I've been hit by a cricket ball, not at that speed, fortunately, only playing juniors, but, uh, yeah, it packs quite a punch. Yeah, I believe it, but at least it um, doesn't tear at your flesh as it pulls you into a death roll. I guess that's the benefit. Depends where it hits you. Who, who knows what it could do? <laughs> Can you tell us a bit more about the regions where these trees actually grow? Like, what's so special about them? Yeah, so white willow grows best in cool climates. They usually take about 15 years to reach full maturity before they can be harvested. 
And so the southern regions of the UK have an oceanic climate. These are great conditions for growth. The tree itself grows in summer. But then in winter, the grain of the timber hardens and that grain density is perfect for hitting cricket balls with a bat. Kashmir's climate is slightly different to the UK, but this is probably the important point, as we are seeing with many ecosystems around the world and industries reliant on the natural resources they produce, climate change is starting to impose threats on those industry and on those natural resources. Okay, Matt, so before we get into what's going on with the willow trees, for the non-cricket lovers out there, can you convince us as to why we should maybe care about this? Well, look, it's a sport that Australia is very good at. We have a very high participation in the game. We're the number one test nation in the world. It's also one of the first traditionally male codes to actually offer elite opportunities for female players. So it's a game played widely. It's tied up with our national identity and has been for a long time. But that's before we even get to the pitfalls of climate change. And Mm -hmm. whether you're into cricket or sport or not climate change, I think we all have an interest in making sure we avoid as much of that as possible. And willow trees are another example of how climate can actually change things that many people hold dear. And in this case, it's a sporting code. So this is a bit of a case study into how climate change can bleed into the lives that we live and the sports that, you know, for some people, they love to watch. Okay, so let's go back to exactly what's going on with the willow trees and how they're under threat. Like what's happening here? So more frequent and severe climate events, thanks to climate change, have been brewing for some time. In 2015, there were major floods in Kashmir, which washed away wood supplies just ahead of the Cricket World Cup. That industry there, the Kashmir bat-making industry, was expecting to make a lot of profit from that particular event being right next door. But those Himalayan floods carried away huge amounts of processed and unprocessed willow. The supply broadly was impacted as well. And then if temperature increases overall in the UK, we might then see the growth of trees at a faster rate. Growth might continue during the winter slightly, which gives less time for that grain to harden. That becomes an issue where it may actually alter that profile of of cricket bat grain. And we may see English willow, which is considered the top type that you can have, move more towards a cashmere sort of quality, which is not bad, but it's generally considered to be not as good. But it's not just climate change. There are other factors impacting the production of cricket bats. Oh, okay. So climate change aside, what else is disrupting production here? Well, the cricket bat handle itself is primarily made out of cane. That is also seeing shortages in its supply chain globally. And another issue is more demand. So as more bats are sold, that means more trees need to be grown. It takes... 40 to 50 years for a willow tree to actually grow to its full maximum size and be able to provide the maximum amount of wood. It's not doing that at the moment though because of that demand. So demand for cricket bats is not being met at the rate that it used to be. Trees can't keep up with that demand and then on top of that they're under growing environmental pressure overall. So Matt, realistically, saving the cricket bat probably isn't at the top of the priority list when it comes to environmental conservation. But look, there are a lot of avid cricket fans out there. So what are the conversations around solving this problem? Look, you're right. I mean, I don't think people are waking up and thinking about climate today and then thinking about how cricket bats might be 
you know, in short supply as a result. But climate change, you know, has been demonstrated. It could potentially affect the game in meaningful ways. If global temperatures go up, that means that we might see more heat waves, say, in Australia, which might actually prevent games from being played if we're crossing safe temperature thresholds to participate. Pitch managers, curators, they might actually need to look at the way they actually prepare pitches based on rainfall patterns changing, based on climate broadly and and heat. But when it comes to cricket bats, the conversation is moving towards sustainable solutions to the willow cricket bat. And something ideal would be something that isn't as resource intensive. So there are groups that are looking at other plant fibers that could work. And bamboo is one example of that. Oh, okay. So bamboo bats, like why are they good? Cambridge University did a prototype bamboo laminate bat a few years ago. And in this study, they discovered that bamboo outperforms willow on many levels. Okay. And that's partly due to the fact that they found their prototype created a larger sweet spot. So that's the part of the blade which transfers the most power to the ball and doing so with minimal vibration throughout the bat. Willow trees also produce a lot of waste, at least in the view of bat makers. There are hopes that bamboo would produce less waste overall. It's cheap, it's easy to grow, broadly sustainable as a fibre. You can buy socks made from bamboo fibre now. It's, it's quite widely used. I've got some bamboo t-shirts. They're beautiful. There you go. And it can be grown anywhere. So it uses less land for the amount of material that it yields as well. Okay, so are we going to see bamboo bats on the pitch anytime soon? Maybe. Cambridge is actively engaging with lawmakers in the industry around their product, but that would require a rule change because even though it looks woody, bamboo is not wood, it's a grass. So Mm. the letter of the law, uh, which stipulates that bat blades be made of wood, bamboo technically doesn't meet that requirement. So there would perhaps need to be a, a rule change to allow that. But irrespective of that, the outcome speaking to bat makers about this issue is that there is a desire within the industry to be more sustainable, to continue to innovate and find new ways to create good quality products for players to use that are affordable and also sustainable. And I love cricket, so it's great to know that people are out there thinking about that. Matthew Aegis is a science journalist for Cosmos Magazine. You can read more of Matt's reporting by heading to cosmosmagazine.com. But hey, if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe. You can download the Listener app to listen for free or catch us wherever you get your podcasts. The Science Briefing is produced by Listener and the Royal Institution of Australia. This episode was produced by Jake Morecambe. Mixing by Dave Stein. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto. Catch you next time.